I put 30 day inspection period in and didn't know any better. And even worse was that I had my wedding and my honeymoon scheduled in the middle of that due diligence period. So just a couple of weeks after getting under contract, I had to call the seller kind of with my tail between my legs and say, hey, I made a mistake. Welcome to School of Success, the podcast that will help you reach your goals and become the success story you've always dreamed of. Join us on our journey as we explore the strategies, tools, and tactics needed to build health, wealth, and personal development. Together, we'll uncover the secrets to living life to its fullest with host Brandon Hicks. So let's get started and make your dreams come true. Welcome back to another episode of School of Success. In our last episode, we talked about me submitting my first ever LOI and having it accepted within uh, the first five minutes, which was a great feeling for me to finally break through that hurdle. And so now that's when the clock really starts ticking. We submitted an LOI, letter of intent, and in that offer, we detailed the purchase price, the seller financing terms, but also key dates that we wanted to work towards how long until we send in our earnest money deposit, how long the seller has to pull together all the documents that we're interested in. Again, those are things like bank statements, tax records or tax bills, utility bills, any third-party reports that they have from inspections or environmentals, a survey, a certificate of occupancy. There's a long list of documents that you're going to want to ask for, and you want to make sure you get them in a certain amount of time because you need time to go through those, and you want to make sure that you can request anything that else that you need before the inspection period ends, and then after the inspection period is a closing. And so right away, I made a rookie mistake, which was... I put a 30-day due diligence period or inspection period. Now, some investors will do 30 days. Some might even do a little bit shorter, but a lot of times the ability to do that comes with a lot of experience. So you have a good understanding of the property. Maybe you have relationships with inspectors so that you can get this job done quickly. But I put 30-day inspection period in and didn't know any better. And even worse was that I had my wedding and my honeymoon scheduled in the middle of that due diligence period. So just a couple of weeks after getting under contract, I had to call the seller kind of with my tail between my legs and say, hey, I made a mistake. I'm getting married in the middle of this. He knew I was getting married, but you know, I didn't think about how I was going to be in another country for two weeks with the inspection going on. And then I wouldn't be able to be at the facility and I'd be trying to coordinate inspections and a roofer coming by and all this. I would have had to been working in my honeymoon, which is terrible. Fortunately, he thought it was hilarious and was like, yeah, take whatever time you need. I wouldn't want you to be working while you're away on your honeymoon. And so he let that slide for me. And we ended up doing a contract extension and got it documented, all of that. But that was a big lesson learned for me is not having nearly enough time in my inspection period. So one, you have to figure out what inspection you want to have done at the property. What I ended up doing was called a property condition assessment, a PCA. And that is a standardized way of inspecting a property that companies have to be certified, I believe, certified to inspect to that criteria. So you're going to want to get quotes from at least three companies, see what their lead times are, what their costs are. And from the point of selecting and moving forward with one company, it was going to be four to five weeks before I'd get the results. So that alone right there 
chewed through my entire 30-day window, which is exactly why I needed something like 60 days, which is what we ended up moving towards. But this property condition assessment, they're looking at the roof, the structure, the landscaping, the windows, the electrical, the HVAC. They're looking at all the building systems and they are looking to see what the usable life is of each of those systems. So if an HVAC is usually good for 20 years, when was it installed? If it was installed five years ago, well, then there's 15 years left on that system. And that's really helpful for me as an investor because let's say there was only three years left on that system and I intended to hold the property for five years or 10 years. Now I know that there's some item that's going to need to be replaced in three years from now. And I can start budgeting for that today. And this report will actually break down, you know, this HVAC system might cost $10,000. We think it's going to need to be replaced in three years. We recommend you start putting aside $3,500 a year so that in three years, you'll have saved up $10,000 and you can replace the equipment. So they do that for the roof, the windows, the HVAC, the electrical, all of that. And so that gives you a pretty good idea of what capital you should be planning and allocating in the beginning for anything that needs to be done immediately or if it needs to be done in three, four, five years. So that was a big help. Another thing that I ordered, which I learned a lot on, is an environmental phase one. And what that is, is the company will dig into the historical documents, the historical records to determine how the property was used from basically when it was just a plot of land, maybe 200 years ago to today. Was there ever a gas station on the property or uh, underground gas tanks? Or was it a mill that had a lot of machinery and oils and solvents and cleaning supplies used there? Or was there some sort of operation like a dry cleaner or a gas station nearby that maybe could have had a spill years ago and some of that hazardous material made its way onto your property. So it is looking at this record of how the property was used, if there was any spills in the past, what the risk or likelihood is that hazardous material made its way onto this property. And so in that report, we ended up finding that there was some risk in having some sort of chemicals in and around the property because of the prior use many years ago. And so the reason you would really want to know that is because when you buy a property like this, if it has an environmental issue with it, and that issue existed 20 years ago or 30 years ago, even though you had nothing to do with that, when you buy the property, you now own the responsibility to clean it up and fix it or what's called remediate in this situation. So it's something that you really want to consider doing. It's highly recommended in the multifamily space to consider doing this just to make sure that you know how the property was being used before. But I think it's also a great idea to consider in the self-storage space because it's a little bit more industrial in its nature. A lot of times storage facilities end up in industrial zoned areas. And so that means there's actually more potential for there to have been machinery or gas tanks or things like that in the area. So it's something you definitely want to consider. And in this case, we found that there was some risk of some chemicals there. And so we ended up moving forward with a phase two. Phase two is actually taking samples in certain locations that the environmental engineer determines 
is where they should be sampling and they'll determine how deep they need to go. And then that soil gets sent out for testing and then they go through and they look to see if there's any hazardous materials and what their recommendation is going forward. Fortunately, we ended up finding that there were none, but it costs a lot of money for me to figure that out. So one hand, I didn't want to move forward with that because it costs almost an extra $10,000 to do it and an extra four weeks. So then I needed to request an additional inspection. But in the end, it gave me the peace of mind to know that this place is clean. There's really no issues here. I don't have to worry about this going forward. If I didn't do that, I would have been worried probably for as long as I held the property if something was going to come up. And on top of that, if I'm working with others and they're bringing their money into the deal. Now I need to be mindful of that and I need to be a good steward of their money. And so it would be irresponsible if I didn't do this. Another reason why you'd want to consider this too is in this case with seller financing, I had a lot less rules and hoops to jump through because I wasn't working directly with a bank. But when I hold this property and then I choose that I want to go sell the property, that buyer might want to work with a bank. And that bank at that time might require that a phase one or a phase two be done. And it's at that point, then this would come up and we wouldn't have done the testing. And then we would be wondering what are those results going to be? And so in the end, although it was really hesitant to spend the money, it was the right decision. I debated it for a very long time if that's something I should do or not, because it was an extra $10,000, which was coming directly out of my own pocket. But in the end, I knew that it was something that I was going to worry about. And with there being a lot of money on the line, that wasn't something that I could mess around with. So there was a lot that I learned here. One, the biggest mistake that I made, which fortunately didn't bite me too hard, was the due diligence period. Just be thinking through all those inspections and the work that you're going to need to do. I mean, some of these things are a little bit out of your control. How busy are the inspectors in your area? If you need to do a survey, an environmental phase one, like we talked about. But even aside from that, you're going to need to do a financial audit of all the documents that we talked about that you're going to be asking the seller for. So you and your team are going to need the time to go through each of those with a fine tooth comb. And so Really, you want to make sure that you're leaving yourself enough time so that you're not rushed and that you are making the best decision that you can make. Hey, I appreciate you listening to another episode of School of Success. I'm committed to helping others reach their full potential. So if you found value, please leave a five-star rating and review. With that, we can reach more people and help make their dreams come true.